Welcome to this edition of the 3 and 2 What's He Gonna Do podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski of The Third Man In, joined as always with Colin Cannonberg of StatsWipe.com. We'll, we have a fun episode planned for today. I mean, it's yeah. always fun talking baseball, but a lot of activity going on across baseball, and we'll also talk a little bit about the Packers as well. Yeah, for sure. Should we jump right into the Packers, actually, since... Sure, we might as well kick them. off with them. Yes. Yeah. They're the hot topic. Yeah, so Thursday night football, prime time against San Francisco. I think initial thoughts are, uh uh-oh, like the last time we had a game at San Francisco did turn out so well. Um, So going into the yesterday, it's kind of scary, but at the same time you're like, San Francisco's been plagued with injuries, and that's why we made our prediction saying Packers were going to win. Not by that much of a margin, but Packers came to play. They ended up winning 34 to 17, doubling the doubling what San Fran had, and really looked yeah. good. Yeah, I mean they, the Packers were just overwhelming the 49ers so much that I turned it off about after the third quarter because there was no chance the 49ers were coming back in that game. And the 49ers are really just decimated with injuries, yeah. whether that's Garoppolo, Kittle, they're pretty much their entire backfield their top two or three receivers were out with either COVID or injuries. So you knew that it would be difficult for the 49ers to win, but it just seems like the 49ers always step up to the plate and really just handle the Packers. And the Packers' defense in general this year has struggled in really all facets for the most part. But the 49ers, I think, just didn't have enough weapons or or talent really either to uh, beat the Packers and their kind of mediocre defense. Yeah, I think, you know, if if San Fran was at full strength, I I think this would be a close game. I think the Packers would lose, honestly. Uh, If they had their full running back core with Raheem Mostert and Ted Holman, I think think that makes a big difference. And if they have not Dan Mullins in there, put Jimmy G in there, which I'm not a big Jimmy G fan. I don't think he's that good. But – I think he gives a team a better chance to win yeah. than Mullins. Well, quickly on a side note, talking about quarterbacks, I saw Jordan Love tested, or he's in the protocol for COVID. But it would have been nice to get him some playing time in this game, but he wasn't active, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the quarterbacks. Yeah, Nick Mullins, he was, what, 22 of 35, one touchdown, one interception. Should have been two interceptions yeah. for sure. Ended up having 291 yards. A lot of that was garbage time. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't go to C.J. Beathard at some point in that second half because Mullins was just struggling, just throwing into triple coverage, just looked really just rattled back yeah. there for some reason too because the Packers weren't getting tons of pressure on him. Mm-hmm. But he just wasn't looking good, and I thought maybe if they went to – quarterback change earlier on, they would have at least maybe helped themselves a little bit because Beathard is he's a decent backup too. They're kind of the same type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I wish the 49ers would have been healthy because, like you said, it would have been a great measuring stick. But, again, now the Packers, they've beaten up on the crappy teams. They really haven't beat too many good teams. What, the Saints? Yeah, the Saints. I mean – I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. Though I would consider the Vikings really a weak team. They have a weak defense, but defense. I won't consider them like a weak weak team. I think they're in the middle. Um, they were a contender for the NFC North coming into the coming into the season. They haven't lived yeah. up to that. Like you said, the defense has been it's inexperienced and just underperformed. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Mike Zimmer in the offseason, the head coach. But I mean, overall, it's just like. 
I would have liked to have seen a better performance against the Buccaneers, at least something competitive, because mm-hmm. I, I still think, I know you, you, I think, kind of disagree with this, but I think the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC than the Seahawks. They really I, struggle with the Giants, though. That's, that's the Buccaneers. I don't know. That's a weird team, because they look great one week, and then they barely pull out a win the next week. So, I don't yeah. know. It's... And the, I, I think when, when we talk about Packers' schedules and just the competition they have, you know, I, I see, you know, three three tough weeks here, three, maybe four. Jacksonville they should handle, the Colts they should handle, but they still have two more against the Bears, one against the Titans. Those are kind of the three I see as big measuring sticks. Um, and the Panthers also can – you know, hold their own, especially with McCaffrey that week. He'll be back. I'll be curious to see how they do against the Colts and Eagles. Those are two teams they should beat, especially the yeah. Eagles. Carson Wentz is overrated, not very good yes. in my mind. And but so I think they should win that game. But the Packers always seem to have a let let up somewhere in their schedule. So maybe that's it because the Eagles do have some talent. And the Colts, it's on the road. The Colts, their offense, they've got talent. The defense is all right. So they got to win that game. So I'm just going to be kind of curious to see what they do that against a team that's kind of similar in terms of – they're one of those teams where they can compete for the division, but they're not one of those, like, overpowering Super Bowl competitors. Mm-hmm. They're kind of stuck in the middle there. So it's a game they should win, but on the road, in the dome, against a veteran quarterback – We'll see. So right. they can't get tripped up against those two teams. I agree. That really, I mean, that put a, a, a real blemish on their yeah. on their record. The big game, Tennessee at Green Bay um, on the twenty yeah. seventh. It's a Sunday night game, prime time. Yeah. That's going to be huge. I think that's it's where the nation game. sees, you know, because the Packers rush defense. Right. I mean, you got torn up out by Delvin Cook. Mm-hmm. If Derrick Henry is healthy and playing at that time yet. That's yeah. going to be interesting to see how the Packers will handle him. And December 27th in in Green Bay. Yeah. So there could be snow, snow going on. That's so going to be a big game. Derrick Henry is going to get the ball a lot. I mean, he already does. Oh, yeah. But in cold weather like that, you got to give it to him as much as possible. So that's, yeah, definitely going to be a good measure. And stick. The Bears are an interesting team, too, because if the Bears had any sort of quarterback play, they're clearly the best team yeah. in the North. I mean, their defense is legit. Yeah, I mean, you that's can't, a Super Bowl defense right. right there. And you can't say that there's many great defenses in no. the league. The Bears Especially are this a great defense. Yeah. yeah. And the Bears do have other talent kind of on the offensive side. Allen Robinson's one of the most mm-hmm. underrated receivers. Yeah. Decent running game, things like that. But Nick Foles, I thought he was overrated when he won that Super Bowl, got hot at the right time. And he's just uh, – he's a backup. <laughs> I hate Colin, ladybugs. As Colin gets attacked by bugs. I hate ladybugs. Um, but the Bears, I mean, the Packers got to separate themselves from the Bears. I still think, honestly, I still think the Bears have a better chance in the playoffs to make a run than the Packers do, just because I believe, at least in the Bears' defense, right now I don't necessarily believe in any aspect of the Packers strong enough to that's going to at least carry them to a Super Bowl appearance right. because offensively they rely so much on Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. If he's hurt or he goes up against a tough matchup, who are they going to rely on? Aaron Jones if he's healthy, but then you still need someone else. Yeah. 
And their defense, I don't know, their defense has allowed a lot of points already this year and has struggled against running backs and right. has struggled against pass game too. But yeah, and like we were talking about, you know, down the stretch, the last three games, two of the last three, they're going up against Christian McCaffrey yeah. and then Derrick Henry. Arguably, I mean, probably the one and two best running backs in the league, arguably. Yeah. Uh, and then close with Chicago. So by no means do they have an easy stretch, and it'll be good preparation for the playoffs. But I agree. I think the Bears are more suitable for a playoff run right now than I, the Packers, unfortunately. They play the Bears still twice, too, right? Yep. And so you think, do you think they have to beat the Bears both times to win the division? I know we haven't looked at the Bears schedule. I would say they do for sure. I think, I think they so, do. too, because I think they're going to lose – they're going to lose another game. They're going to lose a surprise game, and the Titans game is not going to be easy. Right. Yeah, so if, I agree. If you lose three more, if, say you split against the Bears, three more mm-hmm. losses, you're in a tough situation to at least win the division yeah. unless the Bears collapse. Mm-hmm. But right. should be interesting to see. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that covers it with football. We'll, we'll move on to baseball. Um, so first, the big news today was J- – uh, Turner, the Dodgers, didn't get suspended, no punishments because of uh, the World Series celebration where he was pulled off in the middle of the game because he tested positive for COVID, came mm-hmm. back out, no mask on. Were you surprised they didn't issue any sort of punishment to him? Um, Because people people were calling for it, which right. I thought was overblown. I'm glad they didn't punish him because I'm in that situation. I would have wanted to celebrate the World Series too. So yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad too. I think it would have been hard for him to just kind of sit in sit in the locker room. I think <laughs> maybe you know wearing a mask would have been appropriate enough. Um, yeah. So I mean, just uh, I mean, out of courtesy for everyone else, that would have been nice. But yeah, I don't think really a, a big time yeah um, suspension or anything was warranted. Well, he's a free agent. This offseason, I believe Justin Turner is. Yep. And we can talk about maybe a little bit later in the podcast some teams to watch in free agency. But what do you want to hit on first here with uh, the baseball news? So it is award season. Um, obviously, this year, because Yelich could barely hit 200, the Brewers <laughs> don't have any MVP candidates. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling up here. Well, let's start with Rookie of the Year. I think that's the one you know, people around here, Milwaukee fans, are most invested in because of Devin Williams. Um, coming out of nowhere, he's he's going up against um, Jake Cronesworth from the Padres and Alec Baum from the Phillies. Mm-hmm. I think Williams stacks up well. I think he probably could almost be considered the front runner in this race. No, I totally agree. And, I mean, he put together one of the best seasons for a relief pitcher, if not arguably statistically the best season in terms of just strikeout percentage, lack of runs, lack of hits allowed, grand short in the year. So who knows if he does that over 162. Mm-hmm. But the guy was unhittable and really kind of came out of nowhere to have this kind of season. And he stayed hot from start to finish where Cronesworth, I feel like he started off really hot and kind of tailed off more towards the back end of the season. I might be wrong with that, but it just seemed like the buzz he was getting – early in the year, definitely diminished as the season moved along. And Alec Baum, I interviewed him for baseballprospectjournal.com. Good hitter, great guy, whatever. But I think it's more impressive what Devin Williams did than 
bomb. I mean, yeah, he did hit around 330, four home runs, but I don't know. When there's not pressure on you to perform, because right. you're like the fifth hitter in that lineup. Um, yeah. Uh, looking, I pulled up the stats on, on all these guys just to get a baseline. In terms of war, uh, they're all pretty similar in fan graphs. Um, Cronsworth is the highest at Cronsworth is the highest at a, a two a one point four, and that bomb is one point two. But Bum was the superior offensive yeah. producer, having a 138 runs created plus compared to 125. He hit 338, Cronsworth hit 285. Um, so definitely there, it kind of looks like Bomb is the better yeah. bat. Um, but Williams put up a 1.4 war as well. And, I mean, like you mentioned, his stats were super good. Yeah. He... He has a, he have a 0.33 ERA, and his FIP is a 0.86. So it, it's legit. Everything he did is yeah. legit. Really leaned on his changeup and was shown as having one of the league's best changeups. Yeah. And that's I, – I, he looked unhittable, I think, from the eye test. It, it just comes down to did he get enough exposure. That's why I think Cronsworth might win is simply because the Padres had a lot of exposure this year. Yeah, because he was always in the news. Especially yeah. like early on, like I said, people were talking about him a lot. Mm-hmm. Former Rays prospect got traded over in the offseason and really kind of was a key piece for them throughout their playoff, right? Getting into the playoffs. So, and yeah, Devin Williams, too, just the fact that he pitched, what, less than 30 innings hurt him, too. In a short season, I mean, he pitched a lot. He pitched the equivalent of. I guess that's one every other game, pretty much. Yeah. Right. I mean, he pitched the equivalent of. I mean, as any reliever would. I don't know off the bat now, but um, I also thought this was interesting in terms of win probability. I think a lot of people look at win probability added, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it comes between Devin Williams and Alec Vaughn, actually. Cronsworth only has a point one. He actually, you know, his value to a team was down just as much as it was up. A lot of yeah. people talk about it up, and he did have a very good positive but he also had just as much of a negative, whereas Baum and Williams really separated, where they were more beneficial more often than the other two. So Cronesworth, did he get a lot of his war too defensively? Yeah. So he was great defensively. See, that's where I feel like Baum might have this slight advantage because the casual voter in this, the ones who don't see these guys play every day, mm-hmm. might just look at the offensive numbers and say, well, wow, 338 comparable. At bats, four home runs, not great, but short season rookie still had the average. Sure had some extra bases in there, so right. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You can really make a case for all three of the guys. Mm-hmm. That's just gonna come down to. Do you think preference. if Williams ends up winning, do you think that has any impact on how fans will feel about trading Hater if that ends up being the case? What I think is interesting is he's already won. A reliever of the year award and he might not win rookie of the year but yeah I agree I think people know how good he is but the casual fan who paid attention maybe to this season is not going to know Devin Williams right so if you keep adding those accolades it might help him I mean I know you and I are both in the camp of trading Josh Hader so yeah 
we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm still not convinced the Brewers would even trade him regardless of Devin Williams or not. But Yeah. And, you know, just to make note, this would be the first rookie of the year for the Brewers since Ryan Braun in 2008. And the fact that pitchers, relief pitchers, pitchers. like never get this. I think there's only been one since. Well, he's not even the team closer. He's a middle reliever setup guy. Right. Which, so it would be, it would be really cool if he gets that just because it never really happens for a non-closer reliever. I mean, I think like Craig Kimbrell got it, obviously. I don't know if there's been anyone since. He was a closer. And he was the closer. Yeah, he loved the unknown saves. So, yeah, it's. I think it'd be super cool, and we'll we'll see that when is that announced? Like on Monday, so yeah, we'll see on Monday. Yeah, we'll just go through then, I guess, uh, league by league, see sure. the rest, and just really quickly yeah. breeze through. Um, NL rookie or NL MVP, we have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Manny Machado. I feel like this is obvious. Mookie Betts. I know it's a regular season award, but even mm-hmm. if you look at the regular season, Betts performed well. I mean, maybe it's just the fact Freddie Freeman's a first baseman. Yeah. I know Baseball America named him like their player of the year a month ago now or something, and that kind of surprised me a little bit. But best player in the league on the best team who makes an impact in all facets of the game. Kind of seems like it, yeah. And uh, the Manny Machado is kind of interesting because him and Tatis are very similar numbers. Yeah. Machado got hot the second half of the year. Tatis was really good in the first half of the year. So I don't know if that maybe takes some votes away from Machado. I know, obviously, he's in the top three, but maybe that overall took some votes from him. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, Freddie Freeman's numbers are great. Yeah. He hit 341, 13 bombs. 23 doubles, 53 RBIs. I think he has a solid chance as well. Um, gosh, all of them do. I think I, I I think Freddie Freeman gets it this year. Who's the highest war? Do you have that available? Uh, really quickly. Yeah, it, it's I, – I think, too, it's interesting with Machado, like you said, and he had a huge bounce back season, yeah, too. Yeah, which was good for the Padres. That was huge for the Padres to see, and I think this was the first year we could see, like, that's the duo to look yeah. at. And then with Cronesworth, I mean, just all the awards that are going on, it's – yeah, it's easy. they got an exciting team. They're going to definitely challenge the uh, Dodgers moving forward. They need maybe another kind of top-of-the-rotation type arm because some of their younger guys – while they're good and while they got Mackenzie Gore coming, mm-hmm. they need just kind of that anchor, that stable, reliable, proven guy already yeah. at the top of the rotation. So in terms of war, Freddie Freeman leads it at 3.4, Mookie Butts at 3, and Machado at 2.6. Wow. Surprise so, Freeman. I mean, 0.4 is not a lot, but in a shortened season like this, a yeah. guy who does play first base, who is good defensively at first base, Yeah, um, that is – a bit of a difference. I mean, Tatis had a 2.9. Tatis arguably could be that yeah, other guy. I think it's really down to Betts and Freeman because, yeah. like we've kind of touched on, Tatis and Machado. I could see Tatis finishing fourth when the full voting results come out. Right. So So for the AL, we have Jose Abreu, DJ LeMahieu, and Jose Ramirez. That's an interesting one because – those aren't the guys you really would have thought coming into the year were going to be the MVP. 
conversation. No. Mike Trout's got to finish in fourth. To, uh, he, throughout his entire career, he's finished top four. Well, he will. He he finished in front of DJ LeMahieu and War even. So it, it easily it's, could it's have been. It's the fact that Trout's on one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah. And it's going to end up being kind of like a Barry Bonds or a situation where, like, Barry Bonds could have won 10 straight. Oh, yeah. Close to it. MVPs in a row. And Mike Trout's going to end up being kind of similar. Um, give the stats quicker. At least maybe yeah. So, Jose Ramirez uh, had a 3.4 war as well. Bounce back. Um, huge bounce back. I forget who was it. Jeff Sullivan. Not Jeff Sullivan. He's been good, too, since the second half of last year. Yeah, Sam Miller, I think, on the Effectively Wild podcast was like, so I think Jose Ramirez is just bad. Like, he's like, <laughs> I, he, he, he pretty much said, like, he doesn't like to count players out, but he's like, there might be this case that Jose Ramirez just isn't good. Yeah. And if you look at performance, talk about the extremes. He's either just one of the best players in baseball or bad. Well, it's going to be interesting next season to see yeah, how it does. Um, because the Indians are going to be shopping Lindor this offseason. Yeah. So that means they're – well, they really have no choice because they're not going to resign Lindor. But once they trade Lindor, if they do, they're going to be really relying on Jose Ramirez. So we'll see how he does next yeah. year. So anyway, yeah, it's Jose Ramirez. And then um, at 3.4, Jose Abreu at 2.6, and DJ LeMahieu at 2.5. Again, some guys who they jumped, or a guy they jumped, was Anthony Rendon, who had a 2.7 war, was really good as as yeah. usual. And, underrated yeah. guy. Underrated. But you know, good because DJ LeMahieu is always underrated. I think yeah. MLB had to just kind of put him in there to get a little, a little bit of like, hey, remember this guy who's really good year in and year out. So. Personally, I would root for DJ LeMahieu. I've always been a fan. I have to. Always yeah. wanted the Brewers to go after him, wanted them to sign him last offseason. Mm-hmm. Never did. See, it's – I don't look at any of these guys and say, wow, they're a top three player in baseball or in the AL. But statistically – Jose Ramirez yeah, pretty much takes far, the cake. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to say he's not going to win it. And especially because the Yankees disappointed. Jose Ramirez's biggest argument is he's one of the best players on a team who really surged and right. has he, a really good year. He kind of reminds me of like Ryan Zimmerman with the Nationals. Yes, that guy who's a good been comparison. through it all, has always been a great, put up great numbers, and now he's finally the old vet who's yeah. leading a team. So, yeah. Wow, it's crazy to go through the Fangraphs, like, war. And I'm on page two, and I'm yet to hit a brewer in terms oh, of hitters. Should be shocked by that. It's just so weird, Who's though. Who's our highest war guy, too? It, well, I'm still oh, on, on, it might be Jericho. I'm on, page, I'm on page three. I'm yet to get one. You think Jose Ramirez, though, wins that? I'm going with Jose Ramirez, I yeah. think that's the most logical. I'd be surprised if he doesn't just statistically wise too. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm sick of scrolling through. There's no brewer on <laughs> the this list. The brewers are a mess, and we know that. Yep. So. Yeah. We don't need bankruptcy. See the level one more. Uh, so AL Cy Young Award winners or nominees. We have Shane Bieber, Kenta Maeda, and Hinshu Ryu. I saw Ryu's name. I'm like, did he have another good season? And he did. How? I just. It's hard to. 
it, I mean, he moves from going a career best season with LA last yeah. year, gets traded, and follows it up with another really good performance. He's the Giants overall since he's come to America and joined the Dodgers a few years back. He's been a productive pitcher. He's just at times struggled to stay healthy. Yeah. Usually he's pretty effective, and he's another guy who kind of flies under the radar a bit. He does. Even last year when he was pitching really well, yeah. people were just kind of counting him out. Right. So Shane Bieber seems like the obvious pick here. He has a 3.2 war, led the league, led the league in he's ERA. He's, he has to win it. He's, Didn't he get the triple crown team pitching-wise, I think? Uh, I think he did. It's been so long since Shane Bieber was in the news, but – he was dominant. I mean, the postseason is a different story. So mm-hmm. luckily for him, these awards are voted on before postseason play starts. Yeah, but right. He was so good, and like made me forget that they even had Corey Kluber. Yeah, a year ago. Right. When, he did. I was a free agent, um, and heck, he was so good that they traded a uh, Cleb. Oh, that's that is who the Padres got. Maybe the problem with Cleb is he doesn't stay healthy. That's true. Yeah. He, but, yeah. It, it's. Shane Bieber just blew people away. Even in yeah. terms of FIP, he was so much lower than everyone else. It's that's an easy one. It's Bieber. Yeah, we can move on. From yeah, that. no, it's probably interesting though. Yeah, the NL we have uh, Trevor Bauer, Yu Darvish, and Jacob yep. Degrom. Darvish with, I mean, built off of last year's second half, with which I think was encouraging for Cubs fans to see. A lot of money invested there. Yep. Yeah, that was huge for Cubs fans. Bauer is a guy I drafted him like in the ninth <laughs> round of my fantasy baseball team and just rode him. He was so good and he always is pretty reliable. He always is. He's just kind of a nutcase. And oh, I I don't know what to think of Bauer. At first I really had this dislike for him. I'm like, I don't like him. But now I'm just I'm super and I think, you know, every fifth day there's a Bauer outage. Or or fourth day, yeah. It's and he's in a great pitching system there. Where do you think he goes this offseason? I, I could see one of the big teams like New York. Yeah, I think the Yankees gotta be the yeah. favorite. Yeah, I think so. The Angels, I don't think he's dumb enough to go to the Angels, but the Angels should throw every penny they have at him. You never know. I mean, Bauer's, you just got to be weird enough to attract Bauer. Like, hey, yeah. you want to throw a ball over the center field fence every now and then? We will let you do that. <laughs> I and, can't believe he did that. <laughs> like, That's what got him trained. You want to play with drones? Yeah. Maybe not, but, yeah, let's – He's an interesting dude. You just got to out-weird every other team in order to bring him in. DeGrom, what is he going for the three-peat now? Um, I believe so. Yeah, he might be. And uh, he's, he's in terms of, I mean, uh, Darvish has a better ERA, better fit. Darvish has the better numbers than, yeah. than DeGrom. Um, in terms of ERA, Bauer has far and away the best. He had the second best ERA in the league, only to Shane Bieber at once. All these guys were on bad, pretty much bad teams. All of them, yeah. DeGrom is going for the 3 P. He won in 18 and 19. I would like to see him just win it for the, the three-peat. But this is kind of a toss-up, honestly. It is. I This is the biggest toss-up of all the awards. I, th- I think that – I think that um, – boy, I don't know. I think they'll give it to Bauer. That's – I'm leaning Bauer. 
that's who I'm leaning, but I'm kind of – I think I'm, I'm going to say Darvish because mm-hmm. I'm the best team. People actually like him. I'm like Bauer. He offends people easily, especially yeah. like the media and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think it would be a cool story for DeGrom to win it, but I think Darvish is going to get this. It's going to be very close, I think. I would be surprised if it's not real close between these three guys. Right. Um. Yeah. Next up will be the Rookie of the Year. We talked about the NL. And then in the AL, we have uh, Christian Javier from Houston, Kyle Lewis from Seattle, and Luis Robert from the White Sox. I think Kyle Lewis received the most hype right at the beginning. He was so good early on. I always liked Kyle Lewis, partly because I interviewed him, but just the tools are just jump off the page. He won a gold glove two just the other day, and big-time power, but, yeah, he did tail off a bit in August, and I think he kind of rebounded maybe a little in September, but either way, his first half was much better than his second half. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked much into Javier's stats. I think I used him as a streamer a couple times in fantasy baseball, and he didn't do that well for me, so just (laughs) based on those two starts of his, I'm not going with him. Um Robert is going to be a stud. His minor league numbers were ridiculous coming into this year. Yeah. And I don't have the numbers up what he what he did this year, but I I think Robert is going to end up getting this. Me too. I this agree. One. He's, yeah. He's an exciting player too. Um. Uh, I don't know where his stats. Okay. Um. Then. Uh, I, I hate bantering about manager of the year because I think we'll it's the worst quick. award ever. But yeah, I'm rooting for Rick Renteria, who the White Sox put out like congrats, Rick Renteria on finishing in the top three. It was such an awkward tweet. Like that is you fought, you fire the guy and then you're like still holding on. Yeah, like, that's really awkward. This guy cut I think it's awkward in two of the three. I think Charlie uh, Charlie Montoya of Toronto. Should get it simply because Kevin Cash now is going to get it after making. Kevin Cash will get that. He will, despite his. Yeah, the regular season award. Yup, we have to remember that it's not the World Series award because yikes. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of managers have overmanaged. I think of Buck Showalter a few years ago with the Orioles. Craig Alex yep. has had an occasional mismanage, but it's going to be Kevin Cash. He did. Honestly, though, even though he did have that mistake in the World Series, he is one of the best managers in the game. Yeah, he I is. Mean, he typically has great instinct and also follows the numbers, and it's just one of those decisions he overthought it too much instead yep. of just going with Beal and Blake Snell was pitching well against yeah, the Dodgers. The top of the order was coming up against Bats and some other guys, but he had yeah. pitched well against those guys in the first two times in the lineup, so... Simply just overmanaging, he'll win that award though. Right. I agree. For the NL, you have Donnie Baseball, Miami, Grandpa Ross from Chicago, and Jace Tingler, San Diego. I think it should be Don Maddenly. The Marlins, from what they, not only did they start off well, they got through the COVID situation, which if you want, you can throw that into consideration. But yeah, it's not like they were just a one month wonder. They maintained their success throughout the entire season and were much more competitive than anyone anticipated. So people thought they were going to be one of the worst, maybe three, four or five yeah. teams in baseball. Right. They made it to the playoffs. And I mean, 
The Marlins, of course, are making some front office changes, but they're a team that even though the Phillies, the Mets are going to spend a ton, which we can talk about maybe this podcast or the next one, um, they're in a tough division, but they're going to be going for it here next year in the next couple yeah. of years. Right. I think so, too. Yeah, I agree. I think Donnie Baseball is kind of the obvious choice here. Yeah. Um, that's who I'd choose. Sure. I, I think the Cubs were a good team regardless of who they, managed. Yeah. I, they, I didn't think they were that great. I thought they were good. They were a good team this year, and Ross didn't, like, take them to the next level. No. Like, Joe Madden would have done that, too. Any, I right. could have done that. With that team that's got all-stars at almost every position. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, that – I mean, that's kind of it. I think the only one really everyone's excited about here is Devin Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah was there anything else we, we were going to talk about? Or was yeah, there... there's some other news we wanted to touch on. First, it's just the manager situations. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. Tony LaRusse is going to the White Sox, and A.J. Hinch is going to the Tigers, who also just hired Chris Better mm-hmm. in Michigan pitching coach, which is great. Higher people have been trying to lure him out of the college drinks for a while. So those, I don't think we talked about them last time that much. Um, Right. I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I don't want to spend too much time because that's a week on it. A week ago already. But I like the moves. I think you can make a case. Yes, A.J. Hinch, the White Sox should have hired him. He's still a guy who's got some baggage. Tony LaRusso, you still gave him a guy who's a Hall of Fame manager. It's going to be there less time. But as we've seen in today's baseball, very few managers last more than five years to begin with. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like the moves, too. I don't know. What's going on with A.J. Pierzynski? I always thought he would be a guy who would be manager of the White Sox eventually. Do they hire him as a bench coach, though? That would and be a good one. Kind yeah. of let him learn, learn. from LaRusso, and then he takes that over in three move. or four years. That would be good. I move. think they're going to get an interesting pitching coach. They wanted better mm-hmm. before he went to the Tigers. I think they're going to go along those lines and kind of get a younger, well, younger in terms of baseball sense of pitching coaches, analytic-driven, someone yeah. who just relates well with those younger players. Maybe the Arkansas pitching coach is a rumored name. But, um, but yeah, LaRusso is yeah. good for being a guy who's won World Series – has the experience. I don't mind it. I think that's good for a young team like them, too. Because um, we've seen how many times now young managers with young teams. Well, people rip on Kevin Cash for his World Series blunder. Tony LaRusso is one of the best in baseball history with having that feel, knowing when to go to the bullpen, yep. n- knowing when to select a guy instead right. of someone else. It's just, he has such a great feel for the game. And He's been around still baseball front offices since he retired in 2011. That It's not like he doesn't know analytics. The guy uh-huh. knows what he's doing. He yes. was the president of, I think, the Diamondbacks for a few years, mm-hmm. advisor for the Angels and Red Sox. So the guy knows what he's doing. He does. Yeah. And if he's his heart's still in it, I mean, he's getting up there in age, but clearly he still wants yeah. to manage. So. I mean, it's for him, it's a clear shot at a World Series, I think. Yeah. Or at least a team that's got the potential in the World Series, because I think the White Sox are going to rule that division here going well. forward. I mean, the Indians are good. Their player development is pretty good, but they still don't have the talent the White Sox do. The Twins are getting older, and while they will have talent next year, after a disappointing year this year, what are they going to be like coming next year, as well as with, like, Maeda had a career year. Right. Like that, so. Yeah, no, I agree. 
But the big news in terms of managers and something I want to get your thoughts on yeah. is Alex Cora going back to the Red Sox. After they fired him right before the start of last year, earlier not, this year. Right. It's not like MLB forced them to fire yeah. him. They just didn't want the bad press. So I guess they thought it's forgotten about now. Let's go back to him. Well, what I think is interesting is they hired Heim Bloom from the Rays to mm-hmm. lead their baseball department. I know the owners really liked Cora. I wonder how much of this is the owners wanted Cora. So that's why Heim Bloom or whoever went with Cora. Because Heim Bloom could have gotten the Rays bench coach. I can't think of his name right now, but he was a hot commodity as well. There's some other quality options out there. Yeah. So it's not like they didn't have options. It kind of surprises me because what he did lead the Red Sox to a World Series in 2018, but this isn't that team. This isn't even the team of 2019. so it's going to be interesting to see what Cora does because they're definitely in for a kind of a mini rebuild. I mean, you can never count the Red Sox out just because they have the deep pockets. Right. But their talent is nowhere near the level of the Yankees and Rays. Yeah. And the, and the Blue Jays are coming up. So that's a tough division. Right. Yeah, I agree that, that it is. But it's just seems so weird that they, had, they hired him to – it seems kind of cheap then that they fight. I think it's a bad look for them it is. and baseball too. You would have been better off just saying we're going to hire – well, they pretty much did hire Ron Rennick. I don't know if they removed the interim take from him. They might mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just promote him to interim manager, let him hire a bench coach for a year, and then move Rennicky back to bench coach and bring Cora back? Yeah. I mean, it would have been much simpler, at least to me. I don't know if there's a backlash around baseball about it, but it's just – it looks weird. It's not a good look. Yeah, I, I agree. What about to the Mets? New owner comes in first day, cans a bunch of people in the front office, including Brody Van Wagenen. Yeah. Which is a move I think should have been – well, it should have never happened. But with the way he's mm-hmm. handled that, he's swung for the fences and struck out big time. Yeah. I'm glad they got rid of him. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the Mets roster has always – it looked – Good. I don't think I can really complain about the roster in terms of their offense. It always, I mean, J.D. Davis was looking good. Dominic Smith was starting to look good. Conforto. Um, they, had, they had a whole bunch of guys who were doing Alonzo. Yeah, Alonzo. I missed him. And then McNeil, he was yeah. great. So, like, they still had, got Robbie Cano. <laughs> uh, they had Robbie Cano. Um, so, yeah, it, it just was – they did have a good – and their pitching staff, obviously, looked good, too, with DeGrom always out there. And, and he invested a lot into that back and the bullpen, and those moves yep. all backfired those out. Those have, yeah. Which, that happens, but – Right. I, I didn't think – I didn't think Wagonin was a huge bust. I no. The team looked good enough, but – It's always 50-50. Because when he traded for Diaz, he was maybe the top reliever at he the was, time. Right. And people all – some people can say, yeah, he's going to tail off a bit. No one expected him to fall off a cliff. So now that move looks bad when, in hindsight, mm-hmm. it looked like a pretty good move. They gave up some quality prospects, which you always have to do. Mm-hmm. And you thought you were getting an all-star elite closer and still a quality second baseman who I think then didn't get busted for, like, PDs shortly after that trade, too. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. So – 
it backfired on him, which happens. It does. But otherwise, I, I've said it before, Mets are just a dysfunctional organization. So maybe these people are going to bring function to it. Well, honestly, they now Steve Cohen's the richest owner in baseball. Just loaded. One of the richest people in the country, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to get a big name or two. They're going to get a George they, Springer. They yeah. might get a Bauer. The they're they're going to get they a couple would. pieces. He's mm-hmm. going to be active this offseason because they really he grew up a Mets fan, and yeah. he needs to kind of add some energy to that franchise that's clearly behind the Yankees right now. Yeah, and the thing is the Mets aren't that far off, no. as people think. Yeah. You know, like we mentioned a bunch of names already, yeah. and they're not that far off. I think a couple couple pieces that he signs, and they, they could easily win the, the East in yeah. a, a loaded division. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be an interesting division to watch because yeah. the Phillies have underperformed for two straight years. Mm-hmm. The Braves aren't going anywhere. The Braves could be great. The Nationals, now. do they return similar to kind of a division contender, or are they still a bad team? Yeah. The Mets have talent as well, and Marlins are coming up. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be an exciting division next year. Yeah, as long as the Mets keep Jose Reyes out of the organization, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> I agree. Is that um, gonna wrap it up. I think then? that wraps it up. Yeah, thank you again, everyone, for watching and and listen, watching and or listening. Um, we'll be back again next week for more baseball. In the meantime, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Um, thank you again and. Again, that's Dan Zalinski of the thirdmanin.com. I'm Colin Cannonberg from Statsway, and we will be back next week for some.